This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 19 of season 2. I am struggling with the pollen today, y'all, so do excuse the, I guess, scratchy nature of my voice, but I had to get something out, and here it is. And even though it didn't look possible for us to have a beautiful Astora, we did. You see, my dear friend who I've had on the show before, Janus, ended up in the ICU. And he has now been transferred to a regular hospital room. And his sister flew in from California. So as we were celebrating last night, we were also very concerned about his welfare. But it seemed to me that was the exact place to be last night. was underneath the stars, all around a fire, doing a little healing, a little laughing. A little belief in tomorrow, and he's doing better today, and hopefully next year he'll be able to be here. I, on the other hand, am completely exhausted. I have pushed it too far, worried about my friend, trying to hold everything together, keeping my job, closing down classes, starting new classes, and so I am near worn thin. And I reckon that's why last night meant so much. I had to cook a lot of things. I was barely able to walk around the kitchen. The exhaustion was real. But I kept thinking about what would be if I could get through it. I did get through it. And folks started wandering through the yard and walking up with delicious spring food and bottles of wine. And before you knew it, there was laughter. Of course, we're staying six feet back from each other. But, you know, things are starting to get better. Well, not on the national stage, but with the virus, they are. And I know it's hard. It's hard to laugh and celebrate when we're seeing our brothers and sisters in Ukraine struggle to breathe, struggle to live, struggle to have a safe place to sleep at night. On a micro level, it's also difficult when you have a friend in ICU fighting for their lives. And I'm sure there would have been no shame and be canceling the event. But it is my sincere belief that where laughter is, there is magic. Even in the face of tragedy, even at the most exhausted, laughter heals, and being together works. And so I made my carrot souffle that I make every year, my deviled eggs, which, you know, came right from the yard. <laughs> And I picked a lot of salad that had just grown this uh, butter crunch. I love butter crunch. And got it all out there on the table. And we laughed under the stars until it was almost midnight, I reckon. And for this old gal, that's kind of late. And today, I haven't been able to do much because I wanted to give myself a break. It's nice and warm. It looks like we do have a cold front moving in for next week. Not too bad. We'll be okay. But it's beautiful, balmy, spring outside. A friend of mine's partner loves to do the walkabout whenever he comes. And he walked through everything right before it got dark. 
and ended up in our old hothouse that needs to be rebuilt this year and found these two, nope, I think by today there's five little eggs in a nest. And y'all, that just tickles me so much that these birds keep coming back to the same place year after year, trusting in me, trusting in the land to put their nest there. It's a little in the way. (laughs) Okay, it's a lot in the way. When we go in to water everything, there they are. Last year, I had a little baby mouse that would open every time I'd walk in. The mother would fly out and these little mouse would open thinking I was going to bring them food, but they'll make it. They make it every year and we protect them until they can. But there was something about that, you know, that hope, that perfectly aligned moment with Ostara, the spring equinox, that these little eggs are ready to go. A little late this year, I'd say a couple of weeks late. But life continues, and so laughter and friends and family and fire continues too. And all the sounds around me are just glorious right now. Even though we see that 37 degree not a-coming, it's only one of them, and it's not enough to kill all this life. Well, I don't have any listener stories uh, today. Y'all write in some. It's been a minute. I was sort of swimming in them, and now I'm down to nothing. So please do write in something. It doesn't have to be a question, just something you want to share with people. That's fine, too. And so today I wanted to talk to y'all about giving things away. And I want you to stay with me on this concept. It's uh, something I'm kind of grappling with and thinking through. So it's not a lesson. It's a conversation. I have a friend who has been working on Swedish death cleaning for a long time. And I'll try to find a link and put it in the show notes. But basically, we were talking about it and her contention is she doesn't want to leave a lot of things for people to have to deal with when she's gone. And I understand that. Y'all know as witches, we are sort of hoarders by nature. (laughs) And what I mean by that is we have rocks and pretty talismans and Some of us, not me, but some of us have a lot of statues, tools, all kinds of things. Books, books, books. So many books that the house could fall in if the books weren't holding them up. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to you. Look around. You know exactly what I mean. And to some extent, I think this is wonderful. Where it started to get a little bit too much for me is when I couldn't find anything. The house felt really cluttered. The energy felt kind of stagnant. I mean, the feng shui of this place was all screwed up. And I got a lot of doing over here, a lot of cleaning before that would be a little bit better. But it made me think, why are we holding on to so many material things? And I know, here I go, sounding like a hippie. But I'm starting to work on this because I don't want my children or my friends, or my partner, to have to figure all this out when I pass away. Now, hopefully, that's a long way down the line. And it will take me a very long time to get rid of a lot of things. And I think when we think about getting rid of things, we think about separating from something we love and the magic therein. But this can get kind of thick. I had too many books, and books I wasn't reading. I'd read them, I knew them inside and out, and it didn't really feel like reading them again. 
And then I had all these young witch friends who really needed books. And so I have slowly started disseminating these books. And again, I don't think I'm going to kick the bucket anytime soon. Hopefully not for a very long time, but I don't even enjoy what I have anymore. And there's something to this uh, death cleaning idea. It's not just for other people. When I walk back into my back room, it's a beautiful blue room. It has all of my books on the shelves. It has most of my magical uh, paraphernalia. It really is quite a witchy room. (laughs) But the more I kind of slimmed down, the more I was able to enjoy the things I really, really loved. They were primary when I walked in the room, not shoved in a box. And this is very indicative of where I want my life to be anyway, you know? My surroundings, my environment, they're echoing where I am as a person. And right now, I want to surround myself with people I love. I want to surround myself with joy as much as possible. I want to put my energy into projects that will make a difference to the world. And when I go into that room, I want it to reflect that. So while I have started this process of focusing my energy in my home to things that I truly do love and want to see on a daily basis, I've been working that out for myself as well, for my heart, for my immediate circle. And I'm sure it comes off a little bit harsh sometimes, but when I don't have a lot of time, I want that time to be spent well. And what energy I have, what magical energy I have, I want to give it away to the right folks. And just so y'all know, y'all are in that list. There was a time, as y'all know, we had a long break. What was it, nine months? In which I wasn't sure that I could continue. This is a very expensive endeavor, and it takes a lot of my time away from my work. But I couldn't stop thinking about y'all, and I've come back to it, and you're primary now. And I've got a lot of things to give away, not just books and not just uh, pretty figurines. I've got a lot of things I want to give away that I feel are valuable, whether they be like a story or a recipe or just my time. And it gives me a lot of joy to do that. I think we think a lot about what we keep and what we hold on to and what we hoard but we don't think a lot about what we give away. Or if we do, we are usually focused on the negative things, getting it away from us, which is a little bit different than pushing it forward as a positive thing. Y'all know, I got a friend, I interviewed her not too long ago, the Queen of Fairy Faith, who is consistently putting things up on her Facebook page and giving things away. But it's not pushing them out into the world as this negative waste. It's, hey, here are two jars of something I don't want to eat, not into it anymore. Does anybody want this? It's, here are books that are on a specific subject. Does anybody need these? I mean, I've seen her put up Tupperware, that kind of thing. Unjunking one's own life can be just going to the dump, but then we're only making things worse. So it's always good to get use out of something and always important to think about that. But I suppose the most important thing I've been giving away lately and what I want to continue are plants. You know, I grow them fairly easily and I've got way too many seeds. 
I also have all kinds of wonderful native elderberry and turmeric and things that kind of continue to give. Fig trees that want to make babies and, well, I reckon I love putting that out in the world. Anyhow, I've been giving y'all out a few recipes I intend to do so today before I'm done, but I just wondered if anybody else was sort of grappling through this. What we need to move out of our lives into somebody else's life that could use whatever it is, but also just thinking about what we surround ourselves with and what we could maybe part with so we could have a new life or a redesigned life that would be more conducive to our mental health and our, well, our magical help, which we do need to care about. But there are other things I've been thinking about giving away. Some of that stuff has to do with old resentment and old hurts, and I'm holding on to it like treasures around me. They're just sitting around in their pretty little boxes on their precious little altars. And sometimes I have to give those boxes back to the people that handed them to me. But sometimes I just have to throw them in a river, y'all. Sometimes the only thing that can wash that away is the water. I don't know that I want to leave this particular plane of existence with that many little altars up to all my past hurt and pain and resentment. Not when I could have something really cool there, you know? Y'all know, I cannot help but think about my daddy when he died. He was uh, 52, and it was sudden, and it was unexpected. It was a hematoma, I believe. Planting a flower in the backyard. I think I've told you about that before. And, you know, goddess love him. He was a hoarder. There was a method to his madness, but there was so much to go through when he died. And part of my job that was relegated to me was to clean half of that up, if not more. I worked on his office. I worked on his clothing. I worked on quite a bit. I tend to surround myself by hoarders. I don't know what that's about. My partner is one. I think he'd be okay with me admitting that. And I know that it is satisfying some kind of need inside of them. But I also know that it's stressing them out. I also know that when they want to find something that meant a lot to them, and it's almost impossible without a team of people, that that means there's stress, there's anxiety, there's less joy in that moment. And they can't enjoy what they have. One of the things I found, my father was a police officer, and he had collected those patches, the police patches that you sew onto your uniform, from every department he had visited. And they were scattered everywhere. They were not where he could see them. They were not where he could enjoy them. And nobody wanted any of this when he passed away. A lot of it was going to be thrown out. So I guess I became a bit of a hoarder in that moment, grabbing up his precious things and attempting to hold on to something that he would have wanted to hold on to. But that's just it. He wasn't able to see those things. They were under boxes and books and behind drawers, and they no longer brought joy. And I don't know if those things weighed him down. I'll never know. He's gone. Part of the issue when we leave so much behind is that the people who love us, they don't know which things that you should continue to carry and which things to let go. 
And that goes from a private collection of salt and pepper shakers to hurt and memory. I think those things need to be dispersed and laid down, if at all possible, before death. Y'all know, one of the, I guess, most satisfying gifts I ever gave my children was Christmas Yule of 2019. I just felt like we were taking so much money to buy so many things and no, we don't have a lot of money. So I'd be in debt for months and months after the holidays. And and what I really loved about this family of mine, this tiny family, is that we love spending time together. And so the holidays in 19, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, I might have, Rather than buying a bunch of junk that would wear out or making decisions on what kind of clothes anybody wanted, I bought trips. I bought vacations. Um, We started with one to St. Augustine, Florida, and the next one was supposed to be a rafting situation, a kayaking, to be specific, in the middle of the year. And then, you know, I just realized this was not 19. This was 2018. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting old. It ended the holidays of 2019 in Chattanooga on an old train ride, a beautiful old refurbished train from the 1920s. Uh, The one Marilyn Monroe actually filmed on. They had her old suite that you could still look at. It was so cool. And so we had a year of this. We had a year of going places together and tromping through old forts late at night and laughing and good beer and awesome seafood. And it all culminated right before Christmas in 2019. And we went to that train ride I told y'all about, but we also had this little Airbnb and it had a fireplace and a hot tub and it was very affordable. We went to Ruby Falls and went down deep into the earth together and looked at rocks and the memories of that last year of going places before the pandemic. Well, that was the most beautiful thing we could have ever done together. And there's really not much to show for it, to hold on to in your fingers. Um, I think I have a, a rock from there that last trip, and I think I found a shell in St. Augustine that I loved. And we've got a lot of memories. We like to relive them a lot, talk about them, be there again in our heads together. And those things don't weigh me down. Those things do not cost those memories anyway, do not cost me anything. They just give me back joy every year. And we had no idea the pandemic was about to hit and that would all end for a very long time. Anyway, the last trip we had was in February of 2020, and we got back and knew that it was all over. But again, you know, when I'm talking to my sons on a porch and we're having a good night, when we're all together and we're laughing and we're talking about things I've given away, they're not negative. They're actually very positive. Y'all know my baby son, who is married and has a gorgeous little fairy child, my only grandchild as of yet, he fusses at me all the damn time because I don't have a lot of money at all. We are very check-to-check kind of folks, but he fusses at me because I spend too much money on him and the baby and my beautiful daughter-in-law. Just recently, I, I decided I'm buying them 
porch furniture so they can sit outside and be a family together when they're over there at their home alone. And it gives me so much joy to give it away. What I'm left with when I give it all away, when I'm just down to the lot bill and, you know, enough food to eat. I know I grow most of my food, so not that concerned about it. But what I'm left with when I give it all away, the good and the bad, just get it out of here. I'm left with memories. I'm left with love. I'm left with time so I can become a better person. I'm left with my pets and my birds and my bees. And, you know, it's a full life. Yes, money would make things a lot better for us. Of course it would. But I keep remembering my grandma. And I know y'all might get a little tired of talking about her. But if you knew her, you wouldn't be. And she was in her 80s, I reckon, her later 80s, and she really wanted a sun porch on the back of her home. Now, she'd been saving her money, and I remember arguing with her and saying, now, Grandma, you do have enough to do this porch. I don't remember what it was going to cost, somewhere between six dollars and $10,000. And she said, I'm saving that money for my old age. <laughs> Here's the problem with that. You know, there were a lot of people who were willing to take care of her, a lot of people, and she could still enjoy that porch at that age, and she was still holding on, and I argued with her, and I told her that's not acceptable to me. You know, I wanted her to have that porch while she could still be there, not be wheeled out to it and half awake, and I'm glad I argued with her because she got the damn porch. You know, there's something to it, y'all. There's something to giving away things and clearing your home and your heart and all that weight, there's something about that that leaves a lot of space for joy. Years ago, my podcast room was my son's. Uh, When he was a teenager, it was his room. And I worked from home, and he had moved out. I really needed a room. But everything in this room, and I'm not talking about his things, it had become sort of a storage room. And there were things from my past, and there were things that I had loved or had spent good money on. And they were all just piled to the sky here in this gorgeous butter-colored room. And especially likes the late day sun, and that's where I'm sitting now. And I told my husband, I said, take it all to storage so that I can clean it up and make it out of something, and then I'll go get all that stuff back. And that, my friends, was I think four years ago. And I haven't been to that storage shed, and I don't remember, nor do I have a lot of interest in finding out what all that is anymore. You know, I'm sure I need to go through there and make certain that I don't have pictures or family albums or something of that ilk in there, or God knows, a $20 bill shoved between a book. But the important thing to me that keeps occurring in my head is that I don't really know for sure what all was in there. And it feels like a weight has been lifted and put somewhere else. And I don't want my kids to have to go through all that shit when I die. Because if they're like me, they're going to think all of it was important to me. You know, that's how I felt about my grandma's things. And maybe it wasn't. So I need to go clean that shit up so that they don't have to carry that weight. Y'all know the old adage, right? You know, the old uh, little game of saying, okay, so if your house was burning down and assuming that all your animals and 
all your people were safely out, but you could save one thing, what would it be? Well, I used to think it'd be my photos. You know, those are important. But just recently, I don't think so. Those photos are in my head. I definitely want to save them if I can, but if I only could have one thing from my home that was material. Well, my grandmama made me an afghan, and it's one of those very dated, very 1970s afghans with a chevron pattern. And uh, I know I disturbed everybody's mind because I wanted what they said were boy colors. I dealt a lot with uh, that growing up. It didn't really fit the norm, and I had to pretend to. But I wanted boy colors. I didn't call them that. They did. Not grandma, my mother. But what I wanted was uh, dark blue and rusty brown and cream. Those were the colors I wanted. The colors I saw when I was outside in the forest. And she worked on that all year. It is still until this day a testament to her loving me and accepting me and hearing what mattered to me. And in my estimation, that afghan is just infused with love and magic and could serve somebody quite well. I think I'd save the damn afghan. I think I would leave everything else, including my jewelry, all my books, all my beautiful witch hats I have, and yes, including my computer. I'd leave it all because the work she put into that afghan, the love of that moment, for me as a young girl who didn't fit in, who didn't wear pink and hated lace and was a little confused about her gender, but we're never going to talk about that here. Well, at least I don't think so. Never say never. That little girl was completely accepted the night that that Afghan landed on me. Maybe it could save somebody else like that. So I would probably grab it. <laughs> and that's not a weight, not the way I mean a weight to be. That Afghan lifted weight off of me. So I think it's important to think about the things we give away, whether they be ugly things when we're trying to hurt someone and they carry that weight the rest of their lives, whether it be a beautiful thing or whether it be something we didn't mean to hand down to somebody. And maybe we need to go clear that shit up and say, hey, don't carry that. Don't carry that. You don't have to. That was just something I was into for a while, or a mistake I made, but you don't have to carry this weight. And sometimes, y'all, sometimes we are carrying something that was given to us, given away, that is not healthy, that is making us feel bent under it, broken under it, sludgy where we cannot run in the trees and we cannot live the way we're supposed to live. I have one of those. Okay, to be fair, I have a lot of those, but I have one righteous, heavy, damn thing I carry. And because I didn't ask for it, and it was laid upon me, and because I loved the person who laid it there, and because I really wanted acceptance from this human being, I carried it for way too long. And when folks or the multiple therapists I've gone to would say, lay it down, I would fight them. I even lied to myself and said, I can't. It's part of my DNA. It's part of my heritage. I, I can't just lay this down. But that wasn't true. 
I could. I didn't want to, because it was all I had left of her. All I had left of my mama. Yes, it was painful, and yeah, it wasn't serving me, but it's all I had, and that's what I thought. But just this morning, it occurred to me, and I know it's a little late for it to occur to me, that it's time, it's time to accept the situation, it's time to stop railing against it, to stop being angry and broken and hurt about it. It's more than time. Because if I keep carrying it, it's very likely that that ancestral curse will continue. And I have this beautiful grandchild. There is no way I want her to inherit this. If I keep carrying it, she just might. So this evening, as tired as I am, I'm going outside and I'm laying it down. Something about the pain of it all and the anger of it all kind of kept me close to my mama. And when you love someone and you just wish they loved you back that way, it's really hard to let go of the anger because it's so close to something else. You know, I've always been afraid if I took it away that I wouldn't remember her, that I would lose too much. But now I understand that if I don't put it down, it's going to kill me. And y'all have been on this ride with me. I know you know what I'm talking about if you've been there listening all these years. So you've been able to see. You've been able to walk this path with me. And so when I go out there and I lay it down, I'm going to think of you too. There is absolutely no shame in being hurt. There is no shame in struggling with that kind of pain. We need to normalize talking about things that hurt us. What I have left of my life, I want to be absolutely joyous and curious. I want it to be curious. I want to discover things about me still. I want to grow and I want to enjoy the love around me without this horrible weight on my shoulders. And as I tell my students, When we go to water and we let ourselves be cleansed by that, the water can take it. Don't be afraid. You can put it in the water. It goes back to the earth. It filters. It makes it new. Things can be laid down without hurting someone else. Y'all, I do realize this is a ramble. And if you could keep up with my thought process, good for you. (laughs) Because uh, part of me thinks I shouldn't even publish this one. I'm tired, feel a little broken, not in a bad way, just very much like I need a rest. But if I can't be authentic with y'all, then there was no purpose in this podcast all along. So this is where I am. A little tired, a little older, and I'm going to go lay my mama down. And this is hard for me. After all, I was was Cinderella (laughs) in this family. I was uh, the oldest. I was from an embarrassing union. I was um, hidden away from everyone for I don't know how many years. I think 10. I didn't know my true parentage. I didn't understand why I was different from the others. They were all, you know, blonde and blue eyed. And here I am short with dark hair. And I didn't understand why I wasn't loved like they were. I didn't understand the anger in my soul. And, you know, even though they were the preferred children, 
I was the one who fought her over the possibility of suicide, not once, (laughs) and not even just in my childhood. There was a whole incident there at my grandma's house, but there was also one when my daughter was graduating from high school, and she threatened me again, and there were the ones when my father died every night on the phone, and it was an interesting Afghan she wove for me. I was like a dirty little secret, the person she talked to and told the things to that I think the other children might, she thought might have judged her for. So in a way, it was a very exquisite kind of abuse that I allowed to go on for decades and decades while I was painted as the bad seed and the bad girl and the one that nobody wanted to be around. I know which Afghan I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep the one my grandma wove for me. I'm going to refuse the one that says I'm a bad girl, a bad person, unlovable. I think she called me the devil's child once when I was 11. It's hard to remember now. It's all a blur. But that is not who I am. I don't like the colors of that afghan. And that particular weight, it pushes me into the dirt. And so I'm going to throw it off. And I'm going to burn that one. Let it go. And the one I will keep is the one that makes me feel light. The one who makes me feel possible. The one that suits my soul. In the end, I'm going to choose my identity. And so as of today, the things she gave away to me, I'm going to give them away right back. Right back to the universe. Tonight is the last night that I'm going to allow that weight on my shoulders. And just let me tell y'all, Cronin is hard fucking work, man. It is hard. I think a lot of folks think that you get to a certain age and your hair goes white and you have grandchildren and you're suddenly just super, super damn wise. And that is not really it. Hopefully what that means is that you've had enough time to work out your shit, (laughs) you know, and there's not enough time on the planet for that, but But damn if I'm not going to try. And damn if I'm not going to share it with y'all. Because somewhere out there, there may be a little girl or a little boy or a little undetermined that wonders whether or not they're worthy. And all I got to say to whoever the hell you are is, it ain't over, baby. It ain't over. You just got a really heavy afghan on you. Throw it off, honey. Weave your own or find one that makes sense. We do not need to live like this. We can be happy. We can find magic. And if you feel orphaned by the world and by your family, go put your damn arms around a tree. And if y'all think I'm silly, go try it because they will love you. Well, pines can be kind of (laughs) fickly, but I found a noku loved me. I found men who love me. I found women who love me. I found children. I have found a world in which I am loved. And it's me at this age that needs to close the door gently, right, Mama? And be happy again. I'm not orphaned any damn way. Let me be crystal clear. I am the child of the Great Mother. I am the witch they forgot to burn. I am magical and beautiful. I am. And no one is taking that from me, not even death. And anything else? Well, I'm going to give it away. 
because it doesn't suit my purposes anymore. I didn't know I was going to go here, and I hope it wasn't um, too personal. And I love y'all. And when I say I love y'all like chicken, do y'all know how much I love my chickens? (laughs) They are my darlings. They are my sweethearts. And so are you. Be magical. But for crying out loud, baby, be you. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.